You're listening to the North Carolina Theater Stories Podcast. Tonight, star of Ghost at the Temple Theater, actress LaTanya Wiley. And artistic director for the Burning Coal Theater, Jerry Davis. Featuring Timmy Dukes and the Fair Youth Players. And now, please welcome our host, James Johnson. Wow, thank you. Thank you, everyone. What, what, what a show we have for you guys tonight. We're going to be speaking with actress LaTanya Wiley about her upcoming performance in the show Ghost at the Temple Theater. And also, we will be talking with Burning Coal Theater's artistic director, Jerry Davis, about their new show, Stuff Happens. We have a review coming out on Stuff Happens, and uh, I, I don't want to go into detail here, but... Uh, that that might be one of my favorite shows of the season so far. So we're I'm very excited about about that review. We'll talk more about it later, and of course, look for our review, which should be up this week. Before we get started, I wanted to bring up a new segment for our show: listener comments. Sometimes we <laughs> sometimes we get some truly valuable feedback from listeners, and I wanted to assure those listeners that their feedback is heard with this segment. I asked Jerry, our announcer, to pick out some comments that I could read and respond to here. Jerry? Huh? Oh, uh, yeah. I think I have some of those around here somewhere. Okay. You collected them, right? Um, yes, yes, here we go, here we go. Uh, just it's, uh, it's in this bag. Why is this bag wet? It was in my pocket. Why are your pockets wet? You, you know what? Never mind. Um, <laughs> let, let, let me just get through this. Uh, okay, um, here, okay. First one, here we go. Finding more creative solutions to market your business is easily accomplished using a newer technology today. Okay, this one's spam. Oh, no! I thought it might be, but, well, I sent them your credit card number just to be safe. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, here, here's a real one. This, this is a comment on our Godspell review. Uh, our critic, uh, Linda C., had a lot of thoughts on that show. She gave a very detailed review that I can imagine inspired some really insightful conversations. Here we go. Uh, the comment is from a person by the name of Rainy Boot. And they say, You guys are mean. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Was, uh, not Not what I was hoping for, but you know what? When when you're right, you're right. However, that review was Linda's, and so really, she's mean. I'm I'm still nice. Way to throw Linda under the bus. Yeah, Jerry's also a jerk. So I guess <laughs> I guess the plural works there. So there you go. We are mean. Yeah, you guys are mean. Okay, cool. Anyway, um, I I I think I think we've had enough user comments for today. Um, honestly, the, this, this paper is really sticky for some reason. I'm worried it's going to give me a rash. So we're just gonna, we're just gonna maybe try this again next week. 
Anyway, uh, let, let's introduce our first guest. Our guest is a Greensboro-based actress who has most recently been seen in performances of The Color Purple and Raisin in the Sun. Starting October 18th and running to November 4th, she can be seen playing the role of psychic Oda Mae Brown in the Temple Theater's production of Ghost the Musical. Please welcome the tremendous Latanya Wiley. Oh, oh, <laughs> spectacular. Those at home can't see, but in homage to actress Whoopi Goldberg, who originated the role Latanya is playing in Ghost, Latanya has entered our studio on the back of a giant T-Rex. This is, I'm sure I don't need to explain, is clearly in reference to Goldberg's beloved classic film, Theodore Rex, in which she played a police officer whose sidekick was a talking dinosaur. That's a real movie. Seriously, Google it. Amazing. Latanya, thank you for coming on our show. Uh, the the, the T-Rex's animal handlers are, are removing him from stage. Honestly, that was a beautiful and unexpected entrance, and it led to the untimely death of only one or two interns. Much better than expected. Okay, three interns. Three interns. Still, far less death than I assumed. Yeah. How would you describe the story of Ghost and your character in it? Uh, well, Ghost, uh, for me, is it's the timeless love story. Um, you know, it's just about no matter what happen, lo happens, love just always continues. You know, on this side of life or on the other, love is the one constant thing, and it endures everything. Um, love is that one power that's, that's enough to reach back beyond worlds um, to one another. So it's, it's, a, it's a story of transcendent love. Okay. Well, that's that's not really a description of the story. But... <laughs> So the storyline of Ghost, the main character, Sam Wheat, and his newlywed wife, Molly, um, I get a peek into their lives, they along with their friend, Carl, who was also a co-worker of Sam. Throughout the story, we, we see that Sam is murdered um, as a botched robbery. Um, and with Oda May's help, Oda May is the medium, she's mm -hmm. a psychic, and um, Sam uses Otome's help to discover the cause of his death, to learn Carl's participation, to expose his murderer, and to expose Carl, and to help save Molly's life. So, um, and who knows if he's successful? You just got to leave that, that air of mystery for the audience. You do have to leave that for the audience. You'll find out in the end. Um, uh, Otome is really a test of Otome's skill. Mm-hmm. Oda May is a, um, sadly, she's a, she's a con artist, really. Um, and, and her, her lengthy record is exposed in the show, um, um, of calming people state to state. Um, but it, it truly becomes a test of her skill and, and really realizes that Oda May really does have the gift. Mm -hmm. And so she's, she's the center, you know, kind of between two worlds there. Um, but she's also the comic relief. <laughs> Yeah, um, now, now uh, I believe Whoopi Goldberg won an Oscar for this role, so it, which, which 
you know, I, I think I think from an outside perspective, it's like, oh, it's a comic relief role, but it actually is a pretty important role in the, in the story. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It absolutely is. Um, and I mean, it's it's pressure knowing, you know, that Whoopi, she delivered so with this character to win the Oscar. It's pressure to step into this role. Um, she is funny. She is the comic relief. Everything that Oda May does is funny. She's hilarious, but she is she is the messenger. She's between the two worlds. So she's the conduit between Molly here on Earth and Sam out there in the life beyond. So she is definitely important. She's what connects the two worlds together. Now I'm curious. Have you personally? Have you personally had any experience with ghosts or psychics or anything like that? Actually, I have. I have. I was not a believer, um, but I did visit with a, a seer, is what she called herself. And she was pretty on point with some things that she said and spoke you know, about my life. Mm-hmm. As far as ghosts, I absolutely have had experience. Um, my mother, mm-hmm. God rest her, passed away in 2008. And she came to visit my father and I the same night. Um, and she literally walked from my bedroom to his bedroom and making the same sound to alert us that she was there. Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so the, the next morning we compared notes and realized that this is what happened. So I actually have had experience. Wow, that is awesome. Well, I mean, if you're going to get visited by a ghost, at least it's like somebody you want to be visited by. Yeah. <laughs> Friendly ghost. Yeah. Uh, so, so w- when you when you met with a psychic, was that as a way of preparing for this role? Or were you like, you know, I, sh- I should see a psychic. I'm doing this play, I, I, this this musical. I'm playing. <laughs> no, actually, this was this was long before I met Bill and learned about this show at Temple. This was a couple years ago, and one of my coworkers and friend suggested since you're a single girl. And you're, you know, look like you're going to be eternally single. Maybe you should go see her and she can see what's happening in your future. So it's just single girl being desperate. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Don't well, judge me. Did, did, she, <laughs> did you get you a date at least? She's like, oh, you know, you uh, should try Tinder. Ooh, yeah, yeah. She told me Tinder. She said, <laughs> you will try Tinder and it won't work. And it didn't. So she was right on that. Yeah, oh. Tinder hooked me up with one of my first cousins, so I swiped. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Yeah. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 you know, at least, man, she was on the money there. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, unlike the film, this is a musical. What What can you tell us about the music in this show? Well, I can tell you an, an answer to the one question that everybody asks is Unchained Melody in this show. It absolutely is. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's the song that just kind of made the movie that's notable from the soundtrack. So it is definitely a part of this musical. Uh, but the music in the show is beautiful. It's hauntingly beautiful. Uh, and the way the melodies are woven together um, and the voices. I mean, I just I can't wait for people to hear Sam Weed and Molly, it's just absolutely beautiful. It just, I mean, I'm backstage crying in some of the songs. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, Oda May's songs, she is like the, the soul 
of the show, you know, so mm-hmm. everything for her is kind of, you know, Aretha Franklin, pop, soul kind of music, a little bit of gospel. Mm-hmm. So the music runs the gamut of the genres, but it's a beautiful soundtrack. It really is. Yeah, that was that was one thing uh, when watching the, the film I couldn't help but think was like, man, this is some soulful music, and these are the whitest mm-hmm. two people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well we call it blue-eyed soul yes yeah but they 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 do it absolute justice their voices are magnificent so i'm excited for the audience to hear them nice um yeah you, you've got a great cast on this show uh i actually uh i recently uh uh saw uh, uh i believe david is his name in um mm-hmm. once uh, over at the uh and, and he, he did a phenomenal job. Yes, D- David David Tool, I believe it's his last name. I hope I'm saying it correctly. I'm I'm a master at pairing up people's names. But David David is a phenomenal actor, and it's been an absolute joy to work with him and watch him work. Absolutely. Yeah, I like how his name is David Tool, but both of both of <laughs> us are concerned we're going to get it wrong. It's a very simple <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. All right. Well, before I let you go, I, I want to put you to the test, and you oh, can't no. hear it right now, but uh, but but our audience will. There is very intense, ghostly music playing in the background. <laughs> okay. This is a, a trivia test on the ghosts of entertainment, and don't worry, I won't be using that voice the entire time. It's <laughs> just my my introduction for it. Alright. Okay. It's multiple choice. I will give you a hint if if you if you feel you need one, but uh okay. all right. Which of the following names is not one of Casper the Friendly Ghost's uncle? A Fatso B Stinko C Dumo or D Lazo. Ooh, Casper the Friendly Ghost. That's been ages. Uh, Lazo. Lazo is the one you 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 believe is not correct one. Is not. Is not. You are Dumbo incorrect. Dumbo. No! <laughs> Come on, it's like dumb, dumbo. They, dumbo. They, 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 I almost said dumbo. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't. And that's the point. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I mean, Disney would take them to town for God's sakes. They can't have a character I'm named Dumbo. All right, I'm all right. Sorry, don't judge me. <laughs> well, you, you, you can you can come back with the second one. All right. Oh Lord. The ghost who <laughs> the ghost who is alleged to appear in the mirror after you repeat her name three times is also the name of a popular drink. What is that ghost's name? A. Jack Daniels. B. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. C. <laughs> you can't get ahead of me. <laughs> C. Fairy <laughs> Mango. Or D. Four Loco. And, and you're going. Bloody Mary. Bloody, Bloody Mary. Mary. You say it three times and she's there. <laughs> you you just did, so so watch out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So, so that that's good. We, you've got you've got one point out of two questions. That's good. That's... Nope. All right. In the world of theater, and this is the tiebreaker. In the world of theater, 
A ghost light is... A. A type of spotlight which can make things on stage appear see-through. B. A flashing light that creates a strobe effect. C. What we call a light that has burnt out. Or D. The name of a light which is left on stage when the stage is unoccupied. This will determine how well you, you pay attention to the tech side of theater. <laughs> I'm going to go with the last one. We you, ghost light in the back. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. You you know your, your theater tech. That's good. And the, the lighting crew won't, won't be able to make fun of you. <laughs> thank you. Well, uh, thank you so much for, for, uh, for, you know, uh, appearing on our show for agreeing to this silly test <laughs> and, oh thank you and uh and please uh break break all the legs have a, have a great opening uh looking forward to seeing the show when we come back burning coal theater artistic director jerry davis welcome back my next guest is the artistic director for the Burning Coal Theater in Raleigh. Recently, Davis was awarded the Raleigh Medal of Arts Award. Currently, Davis's theater is performing the historical drama Stuff Happens about the months leading up to the war in Iraq from the perspective of the people who made that war happen. Please welcome the subject of our president's next Twitter rant, Jerry Davis. Oh, wow. How delightful. Those at home can't see, but the Burning Cold Theater's own presidential motorcade has driven into our studio to deliver Mr. Davis safely to his seat. The place is now swarming with men in suits wearing sunglasses, and I am now confident that I have several armed snipers aiming their weapons at me. Burning Coal is a small black box theater, but they have clearly not shortchanged their security budget. Thank you, Jerry, for coming on the show. What can you tell us about Stuff Happens? It's a very interesting play. It's uh, about the uh, build-up to the Iraq War, uh, and um, it features as characters uh, people like George W. Bush, Dick Cheney, Colin Powell, Condoleezza Rice, uh, Tony Blair, uh, and others, you know, names that, that people know. And um, a large part of the play is based on factual documented conversations and information. And then some part of it is also based on speculation. Um, David Hare wrote it immediately after the beginning of the Iraq war. And he um, has said since then that no one has come forward and challenged any of the speculation part, uh, except uh, uh, Colin Powell did tell him that one scene was uh, tonally not quite accurate, but uh, other than that, um, uh, that that essentially he got it right, and so it's it's uh, a little bit like a documentary in that way. Oh wow! So um, so this sounds like a, this is this is a very a very different play. People, you know, free. I I don't think there are a lot of plays about recent historic events. Um, That's see, right. Yeah, we see there are a lot of plays about like uh, the kings of, of of England from years ago, but uh, this is this is. Um, fairly unique what was it like people still living yeah yeah 
how how was it uh, casting this play? Was that like I noticed your George W. Bush? He looks pretty spot on. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, you know, we were not particularly uh, considering um, uh, people based solely on their looks. You know, we wanted to have. Um, um, obviously, uh, you know, close, but uh, we weren't trying to find people who were uh, exactly the right type. Uh, in fact, we have a woman playing George Tennant, uh, who was the head of the CIA at that time. Um, so, so we have taken some liberties with that, but but by and large, it was the the, the actors' um, presence, you know, their strengths and weaknesses as people that that led us to. Um, you know, the casting decisions that we made. Um, uh, the actor, for instance, who plays uh, George W. Bush, uh, Michael Babbitt, is uh, a businessman. He runs a, a, a film studio uh, a production company uh, in, in uh, the Durham area. And so he's got a lot of business acumen. And as such, he's, you know, he can seem uh, in his personal life, uh, uh, you know, uh, thoughtful and contemplative and, and quiet. And uh, and those are characteristics that, that define George Bush. You know, it was said uh, of someone that that uh, a 30-minute meeting with George Bush uh, consisted of 28 minutes of you talking and him listening. And then uh, and around 20 minutes, you'd start to uh, sweat. Uh, and around 25 minutes, you'd start thinking, I sound like the biggest idiot who ever walked the earth. And then around minute 28, he would say, well, thank you for your thoughts. I will certainly keep them under consideration. And uh, then off you'd walk and you had no idea whether he was even listening to you or not, yeah. um, let alone whether you'd convinced him of anything. So, so that kind of quality, you know, that kind of direct, uh, thoughtful and contemplative um, uh, quietness was something we were looking for 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 that character. So, um, yeah, that's obviously very different from the president we currently have. Um, oh yeah. So, uh, do you think people will walk away from this 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 show thinking that uh, George W. Bush was a great president or the greatest president? <laughs> Well, I don't. Um, I don't think anybody's going to uh, think of Bush in those terms. Uh, I, I hope what they do, and, and this is something David Hare does uh, again and again in his plays. He he's very left of center. You know, David mm. Hare is. Um, if you read some of his personal writings, his books of essays and things like that, you'll quickly come to the conclusion that he's what we call an old lefty. You know, and, <laughs> and very. Uh, consistently so but what he does in his plays is that he gives the best lines to the people he disagrees with uh, he 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 fights against his own instinct pushes back as hard as he can to try to to see if he can you know justify his own mm. positions on things and so george bush is not a caricature in this play uh, dick cheney um, powell you know all of those people are are three-dimensional, living, breathing, um, uh, flawed uh, people who I, I hope you come away from the play thinking were trying to do um, the right thing. Um, I, I also hope you'll come away from it 
with your own determination of whether it was the right thing or not. And but those two things are not inexplicably linked, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's what drama is. Good theater asks you to, to reconsider the things you think you already know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so I think people on all sides of the political spectrum would be interested in seeing the play. Mm-hmm. So so this this you, you this is firmly a drama and it's not a comedy at all. Uh, you know, people in stressful situations uh, often, you know, um, resort to humor. Um, there's a moment in it, for instance, when Colin Powell says, um, how do we know that he has weapons of mass destruction? We know because we kept the receipts. <laughs> you know, so, uh, in other words, we sold them to him. Uh, yeah. So, um so yeah, there's a there's a ton of humor in the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know it starts on 9/11 or right around 9/11, and so is is inevitably going to have a certain um, uh, somber quality, uh, you know, at the beginning. But as it goes along, you you begin to see the people as as if you remember the old series Mash from back in the 70s. You know, they were in the most dire circumstances, dealing with life and death on a daily basis. And yet humor was the thing that got them through those things. And that's that's true of this play, too, I think. Simply stated, there is no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass destruction. There is no doubt that he is amassing them to use them against our friends, against our allies, and against us. And there is no doubt that his aggressive regional ambitions will lead him into future confrontations with his neighbors. Confrontations that will involve both the weapons that he has today and the ones he will continue to develop with his oil wealth. The risk of inaction are far greater than the risk of action. So what how, what relevance do you believe this play has now? Do you... Do you... Uh, I mean, it seems pretty soon after the fact, um, do, do you, but yeah. at the same time, things seem very different now than they, they were back then. Right. Like a lot has well, changed. Well, I mean, just to be, to be honest with you, since you, since you did bring him up, um, you know, I think our current president uh, may do one uh, enormous disservice um, to the left, and that is that he may... Um, allow us to consider anything short of his um, character to be an acceptable one. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't think that's healthy. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't think George W. Bush deserves to, to go into the, uh, you know, the Vatican Hall of Fame mm-hmm. um, because he handed uh, a, lo- a lozenge to uh, the uh, you know Obama's wife Michelle uh, you know I, I don't think that kind of uh, gesture um, mm-hmm. warrants the kind of um, uh, you know celebration that I saw from a lot of people on the left right. when that happened. Yes, it, it was a human thing to do, but it doesn't wipe out uh, you know the death of a hundred thousand innocent uh, Iraqis. Right. And and uh, thousands of, of American soldiers also. Uh, That's right, uh, three three thousand and counting. It's not over yet. So um, now, do you imagine we'll be directing plays about the current uh, administration in the future? And if so, do you think do you think those plays will be more dramatic works or comedies? 
Well, you know, it's funny because I, I did one uh, this last uh, spring in uh, Wilmington. I was, I'm an actor as well, and I was invited to um, Wilmington to do a production of King Lear down there. Um, and, um, and I was astonished at how, how close to Trump uh, Lear feels in that play. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's really remarkable. Every, you know, there had been this big, there was a production in New York of um, Julius Caesar, and they had an actor, you know, wearing an orange wig, and he gets stabbed, <laughs> and everybody said, oh, look, it's Trump, and, uh, and isn't that thoughtful and progressive, and I, and, and I didn't buy that then, and I don't buy it now, but when I started digging into Lear, you know, he's an older man, he's near the end of his, his rope, mm-hmm. and he's... Um, starting to lose it a little bit and he's trying to hold on to power and he does it by lashing out at people that that you know that he ought not um for you know for his own benefit and so um and then he goes through this sort of metamorphosis over the course of time where he kind of um you know starts beginning to see the whole world against him even the the elements you know the, the wind and the rain and and that sort of thing before he finally comes out of it on the other side. What is not yet written is the history of whether um, Trump will <laughs> will come out of it or not. Um, but uh, but there's a, there's a lot of similarities in, the, in those two men, I think. And, mm. uh, one of which was written about 400 years ago. But yeah, I think I think people will do plays about Trump. He's he's too too good to not <laughs> uh, too, too good a character not to explore, you know, and and too. Um, uh, opaque you know you you can't really see what's going on in there you know yeah. you wonder why why would he do that he's he's got everything going for him and and then he does something that just immediately wastes it or throws it away and um, so i i don't know i mean i i think that there will be um certainly the impulse to write plays about him and about the current uh, political situation will um, will be there uh, whether any of them are any good or not I don't know um, mm-hmm. and that's where an, a, a playwright like David Hare comes in because as I said Hare, Hare likes to give the best lines to the people he disagrees with and and so if we have writers like that writing about Trump then I think that that could produce something really explosive and I would certainly produce it if it exists existed yeah, I don't know, uh, even with David Hare writing, if he could realistically give uh, Mr. Trump very good lines. Because, like, <laughs> judging from the man's Twitter, he's not the he's not the best speaker. But... Yeah, no, he's certainly not. It's, uh, it's bombastic, um, and that would be the challenge. Yeah, there's not, you know, we often think that the, the best characters are the ones who are the most eloquent, and if that is the case, then, then, yeah, that would be a, a drawback for sure. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking out the time to speak with me. This sounds like it's going to be an awesome show. Um, and, and Thank you. I appreciate it. I want to thank all of my guests. We will be having a review for Stuff Happens up this week. Please look for it. Probably Wednesday, but I, uh, you know... Uh, we, we, we don't run a tight ship here, so who knows? But <laughs> hopefully Wednesday. I do want to say that we had planned to have a review for Playmaker Repertory Theater's Skeleton Crew up this week. However, our critic unfortunately had to miss the show. We hope to have something up next week, if at all possible.
To listen to old episodes of our show or to sign up for our mailing list, go to nctheaterstories.com. That's theater spelled with an E-R. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook. Thank you guys so much for sticking around this long. Please go out and see a show this week. Dim the lights, fade to black. The future's toughest cop is Katie Coltrane. I'm back. And now, she's getting a new partner. His name is Teddy. Hit me. He's a dinosaur. You two have solved this case together. What? What? It's a dinosaur. New partner, Coltrane? (laughs) Both. I'm amazing. New Line Cinema presents... Are you think you're going to get somebody? (laughs) Whoopi Goldberg. Can you just slide your butt? Yeah, that's great. Like that? And introducing... Teddy. Sweets? Ah. One per customer. (laughs) Theodore Rex. It's a tale you'll never forget. I love when he does that. Just a quick reminder, Whoopi Goldberg has an Oscar. For I'm longing for dear old Broadway, longing for dear old town. Yes, I'm longing to stroll on Broadway, watching the world.